We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation podcast, episode 63 with Josh Witt over at the Unreasonable Doubt podcast. Had a great convo with Josh. You know, he's a really lighthearted guy. Somebody who does take himself seriously at times, but most of the times, it was fun. It was humorous. Honestly, one of the most funniest interviews I've ever done. And Josh definitely kept the mood light, and I appreciate that. Also, he's just a, a rabid West Virginia University basketball fan, and they just a overall and a fan enthusiast of the state of West Virginia. Hope you guys enjoy, and as always, check us out, Anchor Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 63, with Josh Witt. And without further ado, Josh, introduce himself. Hello, Kevin. This is Josh Witt. I do a podcast here on Anchor called Unreasonable Doubt a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. And thank you for the opportunity to be on the Anchor Nation. Appreciate it, Josh, and can't wait to get to the interview. So first question is, uh, who told you about Anchor? No one. <laughs> uh, it was not something uh, that was told to me. It was something where before this last season of basketball, I knew I wanted to do a podcast about it. And I wanted to find a way to have the lowest barrier of entry into starting a podcast. I wasn't really interested in making a website uh, for a podcast. So I did a quick Google search and found a article, I believe on CNET.com, talking about Anchor and downloaded the app and loved it and, and have been on it since. So, uh, But short answer, no one told me about it. All right, that's good. At least you came on here as one of those freelancers, and now you got a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, which we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, question two, what is your current occupation? My current occupation is I work with federal grants with the state of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started there earlier this year, and my group is the monitoring group, so I monitor that the federal grants are being spent appropriately and based on the rules. Um, and so it's a new career for me, but something I find challenging and exciting. No, it's definitely an interesting uh, new transition, I would say, as you just said, you had a new transition. What's, what's, what's been the challenge, a quick follow, what's been the challenge of the new transition you've learned and faced? Well, Kevin, prior to working uh, with federal grants, I worked for uh, a bank and worked multiple jobs within that organization. And so I I have a financial background. So to be able to transition over to federal grants and and monitor how money is spent, there's there's kind of a connection there. So that's been that's been good. The challenge is with any new job is just learning their language, you know, it's all new language when you deal with grants and, and learning all the new acronyms. Uh, coming from a bank, you, you just have tons of acronyms that are thrown at you. And it's the same way with state and federal government. 
And so getting the lingo, getting my legs underneath me and just lots of reading, Kevin, lots of reading regulations and understanding what I'm looking at so I can make these judgments on, on how the money is being, is being spent appropriately. Oh yeah. No, no messing around when it comes to finance. Definitely need to, <laughs> need to, need to read those rules and make sure those regulations are on point. You know, you gotta, gotta be that active reader. If you are the compliance person, yes, they're, they're looking at you for rules. So you gotta know what's going on. So, uh, but, and that will always be the case. But I think once I get that foundation, it'll be, uh, those challenges will decrease over time. For sure. For sure. And, and actually, Question three, I wanted to spice it up here. What are some rewards now associated with your occupation? Oh, wow. The rewards are these federal grants that I work with. Each one has a different objective uh, and it's helping people. And so in yeah. interviewing for this job at the state of West Virginia, the 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 thing that was that really I thought about a lot to be successful in a job where you're helping folks is to have a heart of service. And I've really taken that to heart. And the rewarding part is what these grants are, how they're affecting people's lives. And yes, I'm not on the front lines administering the grant, but I'm a small part of the process that are, that are helping folks uh, get off the streets if they're homeless or helping people after a disaster. Um, and so those are things where, the end result is very rewarding and being a part of that process is, is definitely a rewarding part of the job and a reason why I accepted that job. So it's uh, it's very exciting to be a part of helping people in the state of West Virginia. Absolutely. And you, you see major storms or natural disasters or any type of disaster. You guys are definitely on the forefront of those people's and victims minds to get the grant right and make sure everything's safe and secure with that for sure. Absolutely. And, and you said, like, the process, everything you do is a process for sure. And question four, going back to what you said, what is it like being an avid enthusiast of the state of West Virginia? Uh, it's very comfortable to me. I, I am enthusiastic about this state. It's, I was born here, lived here all my life. Um, when you go outside of the state, for example, Kevin, from where you live, what, what do you hear about? people from west virginia or, or things about west virginia yeah i hear little little virginia i hear uh, <laughs> uh west virginia is the sister of virginia right uh I, I hear a lot of things the state the state <laughs> that no one wants to cross just mountain land full of, right full of trail right? placers, all that yeah. you get how close are you to richmond and you're like well richmond is actually in virginia and that's a different state and we're kind of a we're not western virginia um so but uh Growing up in the state, living in the state, we have our we have our flaws. I mean, we are right. we are bottom of the list on a lot of state lists, and um, it's something where from the outside, you know, like I said, some people don't even know West Virginia is a state. But from the inside, knowing the people, um, I love the people, and I love where I live. It's a beautiful state. Uh, if you ever had the chance to come to West Virginia. Uh, we have beautiful scenery, lovely mountains, uh, very awesome place to live for outdoor activities. Right. And the people are hardworking, uh, kind souls, and it's just, it's just comfortable. And so when you have that and know that about the state that you live in, 
it's easy to be an enthusiast uh, because when people get here, they get an idea of, of, of what I'm talking about and what I, why, I'm, why I'm enthusiastic about the state. No, so that's a good point. Sometimes it's just those looks can be deceiving. You know, you can hear about things a million times, but until you actually visit, do you really know what it's like? And I think, and Kevin, some of it's true. I'm not, I'm not gonna say, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's unfounded. But what I am saying is that every every state's got their issues. Oh, yeah. and so, um, and and we're on rough times right now as a state. I'm telling you, man, the 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 crisis we're having with opiates, oh, yeah. it's bad. Opiate, and I know yeah. other states are experiencing it, but I think we're going to bounce back, um, and it's going to be it's going to be something where we're going to get back to, to a, to a good place and be able to, to show ourselves as a, as a, the state that I'm proud of. It's a good point. I think, I think with any crisis or any adversity you go through, it makes you stronger in a sense that everyone will need to bond together to overcome the problem rather than just have that one Islander or, or, or there's a couple Islanders like, well, what's going on here? But it's important just to bond together. West Virginia sounds like a great state to have blue collar work ethic and, and all that, which will be good. And, of course, every state has its ups and downs, for sure. Sure. The question of five, this is an interesting one. What is the backstory on how you fell in love with the basketball program at WV? It's – I was born into it, Kevin. Um, it's something where in West Virginia there's not a pro team. You don't have <laughs> – there's not, there's not a West Virginia NBA team or NFL team. So – you focus on colleges and Morgantown has West Virginia university. And that's where most of the state looks to as far as their athletic teams. That's our, that's our pro sport. You know, the football team is our pro football team. Basketball team is pro basketball for us. Right. Um, and then Marshall is also in the state. And so you have a little, if you look at a map, a lot of it's blue and gold. Part of it is green and white. Um, but my father was a WVU fan. He never went to the college. He didn't graduate from West Virginia University, but he took it as his, his team. team to follow. Absolutely. And so uh, we live in a great time where all of the basketball games for WVU are on TV. I can watch every game. It's amazing because back when I was getting into West Virginia basketball, my, let me just say, and they were bad some years. And so you'd get maybe two or three games on TV. And so my dad was so committed to it. He'd listen to it on the radio. <laughs> oh, Jack, wow. Jack Fleming on the radio calling teams. I remember when I started paying attention, West Virginia was in the Atlantic 10 Conference. So you'd hear West Virginia play in Temple and St. Bonaventure and dad was into it. And so that he just kind of passed that down to me. And, um, uh, and I, I lost my faith uh, with, uh, with West Virginia when Gail Catlett, the, the last years of Gail Catlett, but starting with John Beeline and now Bob Huggins, uh, I've been in and totally devoted to, to West Virginia University uh, basketball. Basketball was a sport that I played. And so it was – it's the sport that I can understand the best and pay attention to the most. And West Virginia has really uh, backed this basketball team. And they've had a lot of success with Huggins. Final four, a lot of sweet 16s. 
So it's um, that's a that's a long winded answer, but it, it start. I was born into it, Kevin. It was definitely something that Dad passed on to me. Yeah, I think it's a great that's a great point. I think Josh. Sometimes you get those family traditions, and whether you graduate from the state, the state college or not, the fact that you're just that West Virginia pride coming down your dad now to you. You now move on. You, you get to the football program, basketball program. Now you're embedded into the society of WVU. There you go. Absolutely. And I'm not the only one. I mean, and people still listen to the games on the radio. That that hasn't went away. Uh, but it's awesome to be able to to watch every game and and live and die with, with what's going on with the basketball team. That, that's probably not a great thing <laughs> to get that <laughs> emotional about it. But I'm totally in. There you go. West Virginia basketball, making people cry everywhere. There you go. <laughs> oh, man, Josh, this has been great already. I can feel it because the next question is, what is your goal with the season two of Unreasonable Doubt podcast? I know you've been getting some accolades with Top Hunter on Anchor, some, some sponsorships I've been hearing. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's that uh, about? Man? Oh, wow. Okay, so season one finished. Um I'm currently in off-season mode. I feel like I'm going to run out of material because it's a long (laughs) off-season. But season one uh, was successful enough for me in that success was me enjoying doing it, which I totally loved the process. And enough people uh, listened. I joke on the podcast, dozens of listeners, but that was enough for me to say, you know what? I've enjoyed this and I'm not talking uh, into a hole in the ground. People are listening. So I'm going to bring this back and do season two. So the goal is really, Kevin, is to have the people who listen season one come back for season two. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to keep them based on what I'm doing in the off season. Uh, but when the season rolls around, I, I think they'll come back, and I'm looking forward to the experience. No, that's, that's a great answer. I think those dozens of listeners will definitely—I mean, they'll, de- they'll definitely come back. You know, I mean, for all you're doing, you're trying to keep it up. You got—I got—I got to give you some props, though. The wall—the off season. Sometimes, let's say you don't make it far in a tournament. Sometimes your off season's March all the way in November, so it's a long off season. It's about eight months, and right? To, and you have to compensate for that. So I, I have much respect for that. No, so we're, I mean, so the season started October. It ended, luckily for West Virginia, they, they made it through a weekend in the tournament. So it, they, we made it to almost April. So, but that's from April until October. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you got so, some. You got like some... The, the, so I'm doing it weekly now. And so maybe by the seventh week, I, I will actually be talking to a hole in the ground and record that. And then I, I might not get a dozen listeners. And then I might just say, you know what, guys, let's uh, I'll see you in October. Season two will start then. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. It's fun. I, I think Anchor really makes it easy for me to spend a few minutes on my phone uh, recording something. And uh, I, can, I think I can do that once a week. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I think it's good to experiment when you're in the off season. I think trying new things, trying something that will fit your style, it'll, it'll give you that boost. And you never know; those sponsors could be knocking the door. <laughs> you might you might get Baker's dozen listeners now coming in. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, I mean you just never know. You just never know. Absolutely. And uh, question to say, this is a good follow up too. How has your family represented you and been with you since you started your journey, not just in podcasting but in life in general? 
Wow. Um, my family podcast wise has been very supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is, has been amazing with it. Uh, she, she likes that I have this interest in doing something like this. And uh, when I post stuff on the Facebook page, she, she shares it with her friends and talks about it with family and really builds me up because the podcast is called unreasonable doubt. So needless to say, there's some doubt. Just me and her, exactly. There's some doubt. And I'm talking about how this is stupid and why am I doing this? And she's been very supportive. Uh, and, and it's been great. And my oldest daughter, because I have a podcast, she thinks I'm a celebrity uh, oh. and I'm not going to burst her bubble and tell her that I'm not, but it's very cool. And so she's matter of fact, Kevin, when I told her I was doing an interview, for the podcast uh and she said oh wow dad maybe you should get into interviewing other people i said that's that's a good idea sweetie um i, I don't know if I, i'll do that or not but like she's really she's like it's a big deal and it is a big deal to be on the anchor nation um but so family super supportive my parents have not been supportive of the podcast. Uh, I mean, just they're indifferent. It's I think podcast is something that's not a concept they understand. Um, My father has listened to a few and tries to listen when he can. So that's cool because really, Kevin, before I was doing the podcast, I was doing a podcast with my dad. I mean, every after every game, we would have a conversation about what happened. And so I've taken that burden off of him and just talk into the phone. Uh, and then we still have those conversations. Um, right. But uh, as uh, in life, family is very important to me. And right. so my, my immediate family, uh, extended family, I'm part of a family that gets together for all the birthdays, all the holidays. Uh, we, we, for many years, we all vacation together and that vacation oh, wow. family you know, there at one point, Kevin, we were doing like eight bedroom condos or eight eight bedroom houses to get the everybody in the oh family on vacation. But we're that uh, we're that close. That's just what I'm used to. And so, extended family has been very supportive of me uh, with this goofy podcast. But also, more importantly, in life, uh, very supportive of me and 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 me of the family. It's very important to me, family. No, no, family, it's definitely important because I think the fact that you have that family-type bond, you have that close relationship, it allows you to build and strengthen over time as you continue to get to your celebrity status here, as your daughter likes to say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you start getting to these areas, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm doing a podcast. And, you know, just two years ago, your family was probably like, what is that? And now at least your wife and your, your daughter and, and at least some of your relatives are now becoming more supportive. And just a real quick thought, what are, what are our family dinners like at the Wits house? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> That's intriguing, I got to admit. No, it's, it's um, you know what, as much as I, I think it's why I talk on the podcast, because in the family setting, I'm not the talker. There, there's plenty of talkers in the Wit family at dinner. And so I get to be more of a listener. And, and, oh, and nice. I, But it's, I mean, there's always laughs everybody's very interested in what each other is doing. Um, And it's a, it's a place of love, Kevin. It really is. And so like birthday parties, family things at, at holidays uh, it's, 
it's just something we're comfortable with and we laugh a lot. You'll hear a lot of laughs at the at Wit Family Dinner for sure. That's good. I think it's good to keep the loose atmosphere and that loving atmosphere because it, it, it sets up for good dinner conversations and it just sets up for even you being a listener, you can learn different varieties of what's going on. Also. Oh, and, and it's yes, and I and I am a listener in those and, and a laugher because everybody everybody's got their stories and some of which are um inappropriate but you're around family so it's it's fun <laughs> it's fun remember we're a pg show here so not- yes yeah, right that's why i left it at inappropriate that's right. pg show pg show <laughs> but i'm not <laughs> anyway yeah that's important though just all kidding aside it's important just to keep those uh those loose times and just have those stories because you never know what could happen the next day it's important to hold hold the tight bonds before you leave and exit for dinner for sure. Absolutely. And question eight: If you could meet any WVU player or coach, past or present, who would it be and why? Mm. It would be, it would be somebody from the Final Four team uh, in my lifetime, twenty ten. Um, I mean, Coach Huggins. It would be amazing to have a conversation with him. Because I feel like he has all the stories, yeah. and it would be—I don't know if I could get him out of them, uh, but it would be great to to chat with him. And then, really, anybody from that team, uh, I would be interested in talking with. And I gear more towards the role players. I mean, those are my favorite players. I was <laughs> in my limited playing experience in junior high and high school. I was. you would definitely call me a role player. And so I appreciate those guys that do the little things to make the team successful. So my favorite WVU player of all time, Cam Thurman. (laughs) If you look at his box, if you look at his box score, Kevin on basketball reference, uh, there's going to be a lot of zeros, a couple of ones and twos mixed in. Uh, But that guy was important uh, to that, to that final four team. Um, John flowers, another role player, Wellington Smith, he was a starter for that team. Wellington Smith was 6'5 and was center for the team. Oh, wow. Which 6'5 is is taller than me, but in even in college basketball, that's not that's not a center. You're you're looking at least 6'8, 6'9 for a center. And but the guy was athletic and could shoot a, shoot the three ball. And he was he did it. He was just such a great athlete. So I'd love to pick his brain and say, how did you do that? How did you play center? At six five, um, for a Final Four team. So, any of those guys, obviously Deshaun Butler, any of those guys from the twenty ten team, I'd love to meet um, and and talk about and talk about the best experience sports wise of my life that that Final Four run. And it almost reminds me of the playoffs. Like you're, you're, that is the NBA team kind of mantra here with the West Virginia University to see them run deep and run far, it gives you confidence, too, that if anyone's listening out there on a 2010 team, they could definitely hit up Josh Witt. Oh, and, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and have a talk. Bob Huggins, we know you're out there. <laughs> Bobby, yeah. Give me a call. But Give, seriously, yeah. it, it's amazing because being a fan of – again, if you, like, go to Wikipedia and look for WBU um, national championships, we're great at shooting rifles – 
Um, but Mountaineers, no, yeah. But no, yeah, but no national championships for basketball or football. And so in 2010, they, they won the Big East tournament, which that was amazing in itself. And then they just kept winning. And being a fan of WU, you, you're kind of programmed of, even if it's going great, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And they just kept winning. And then they beat Kentucky in that Elite Eight game that had John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and all these NBA stars. And they, and they beat them. And it was, it was just unbelievable. And I, and I hope to experience something like that again in my lifetime. Uh, but it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just when well, you see the. It's kind of like the day versus Goliath. We know Goliath shows up, does the thing, and then in that year, twenty ten, WVU, they had some great talent, but compared to like a Kentucky, it's like, well, that's the David. And and when you see that upset happen, it rejuvenates the whole city, town, state to be like, we, we can we can root behind this team because it can happen, and it almost did. It almost. It was did. amazing. It was amazing. And uh, I think it's important just to keep the uh, the hope, but. Question nine, speaking of hope and inspiration, what would be a message to anyone trying to play basketball in college? I know you said you, you had a little experience. You always <laughs> dive into that a little bit. I have zero college experience. Uh, I did not play basketball at the college level. Um, Younger level. <laughs> but young, that's right. Yeah. I, was a, I was a great junior varsity high school player. Uh, but what, would, what message would I give to – Anyone trying to play basketball in college, I mean, if that's the goal to play basketball in college, uh, devote yourself to the sport. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't tell somebody something that that others, other people wouldn't say. I mean, it's it's uh, you have to apply yourself. I, and not that I would have achieved college status, uh, but in junior and high school, I played lots of sports. And, and when the season was over – I just shut it down and moved on to the next sport. Um, and so I think there's room to have different things in your life, but to play college basketball and to get a scholarship, you really got to devote yourself to the sport. Um, and then we've got a couple of guys on the team that are looking to go to the NBA. Uh, Sagabacanate, he might stay in the draft. Um, right. And so what I tell him is, if the NBA is saying you've got a shot of being drafted, uh, you absolutely have to go to the NBA and make that money. Um, and so I do not fault him if he leaves uh, to get paid to play a sport that he loves. I, I think that's, I think that's amazing. And who would turn down that offer? Um, right. And if not, if, if they say, uh, Hey bud, I don't think we're going to draft you. If somebody from another country says we'll pay you, then you'd be crazy not to make money playing basketball, even if it's not in this country. And you get to travel, which would be amazing. So devote yourself to the sport. Really have the discipline to to work hard. And then if you have that talent and that opportunity, then absolutely, if it doesn't end up in in a degree, but you're making money playing a sport you love, you absolutely have to do it. No, you're absolutely right. I think it's important that when you see high school students even, when they decide to go to college, I mean, I respect the one-and-done rule, but I feel like even to another level, you got to devote yourself, and there really should be a rule where if you feel like you got the talent, they should just get you out of high school. Because, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes colleges, they just want you here. They don't. They want you 
they want tuition, of course, but sometimes you just don't see many, especially in, in uh, basketball more than football, you just don't see many players staying four years. I mean, there are many programs. A good example would be Kentucky in the Carolina. These guys are out. I mean, half a year, it seems like. like they're right. Out here. Yeah. With the goal, yeah, and, and, and the NBA has been very okay with that because the college system works as a free minor league team where they don't have to pay these players, and the players make money for the colleges, and so, and so scandal erupts, and, and it's very corrupt, and we're seeing the scandals in um, uh, the FBI probe. So it's, I think they're going to address it, um, mm. but it's definitely something where I agree with you, Kevin. If you have the talent, then why do the charade of, of going to college when you have no intention of college's goal, which is to get a degree, uh, just, just jump right to the NBA. And I, so I think they'll work on that, and they'll, they'll probably eliminate that rule. I think it's important, unless you absolutely need, let's say, for some other profession, like you actually need a degree, let's say basketball doesn't work out, yeah, go chase your dream. I think it's important that we inspire the youth to chase their dreams and devote the attention and work ethic into it rather than falter at any time and and feel, unfortunately, get at the wrong ending or they can't pursue what they want, for sure. And a small percentage of people that play college go to the NBA. So that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be college athletics and college basketball and you have a guy uh, selfishly i talk about wvu a guy like javon carter that played four years he's going to graduate with a degree and he's and he has a good chance of being drafted in the nba and you have other guys that have graduated and are able to move into coaching or move into whatever uh study they're interested in so i mean there's different routes. And if you had the discipline to get a degree and get a scholarship to play basketball, then you had the discipline. If you're not talented enough to be a professional basketball player, that discipline that you get can translate into any career choice that you choose when you get that, that four year degree. So I think there's different paths for everybody. And it's, right. it's something that's very important. No, you're absolutely. I think it's important that we continue on those paths and those certain goals because sometimes the criteria, let's face it, I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work for some people. And sometimes, like a Javon Carter, he stayed in school, did what he needed to do. And now, come draft season, he'll be picked up by a team, hopefully. And, and whether it be round one or two, at least he know he could say he made a chase what he wanted, which is great. Probably round two, but yeah, absolutely. There you go. I mean, Josh, we're making <laughs> predictions already for Javon. That's good. That's good to know. If Javon's listening to this, definitely. Here's your prediction. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, well, that's great, Josh. I appreciate those thoughts. And uh, question 10, what are your goals in the next five years? Want to be personally work, anchor, or just anything you want to share with the Anchor Nation? Sure. I, you know what? I, I find it hard to look ahead that far in any of those categories. Mm-hmm. Um. I have my youngest daughter is on the autism spectrum and that I only tell you that because it helps you. It takes away that idea of long-term goals and you really, and it's really made me focus closer uh, to, to the present. And Mm so, so personally, I um, obviously want to be a, a part of my, family's life and my daughter's uh growth 
and and hopefully achieve things and to be a, a good parent work wise. Um, I want to continue to to learn what I'm doing and continue to grow uh, in learning about uh, all the different federal grants and, and the different rules associated with that to to increase my uh, career sustainability. And then anchor wise, I, I'm playing it by ear, man. I think it I think it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it now. I'm enjoying talking about it, uh, talking about West Virginia basketball and uh We'll see how it goes. It's hard to it's hard to look five years down the road for me, uh, but I like where I am that I am now in all three aspects: personally, work, and what I'm doing with this goofy podcast. So, uh, I hope that's maybe a version of the podcast exists in five years, and I hope to still be with the state of West Virginia in five years, and I hope to continue to be a good parent to my daughters and a good husband to my wife uh, for the next five years and, and past that. Yeah. And I think it's an important goal is to just be that great husband, great father to your daughter. And, and for before even getting for, yes, it is uh, April and it's autism awareness month. You want to just talk about a little bit about the logo you put on your Instagram just a little bit before we head out. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's autism awareness month. Um, it's, you know, you'll see a lot of the logos, that you may see on social media about different, not less. And uh, one in 68 kids in the United States uh, are being diagnosed on the spectrum. Uh, There's not, (laughs) there's different ways. There's so much unknown about it, Kevin. And so Mm -hmm. a month to take some time to just even start with what is autism? What are every, everybody on the spectrum is different, but what are some of the, things that the people on the spectrum share um it's it's definitely something that is uh affected my life and obviously my family's life and it's something where my daughter's nonverbal, and it's uh and other people on the spectrum are like that and just finding ways to help uh kids like my daughter uh how to help them be uh, citizens as they grow up and to be able to uh, contribute to society uh, it's it's a challenge um, and it's a, so this month is important to take a look at that and so I, I definitely am an advocate for my for my youngest daughter and uh, want to put that out there in my little ways and support causes that that help folks who are on the spectrum mm-hmm. to to eliminate some of the deficiencies they have in their life uh, due to this, due to the spectrum disorder. So. No, that's, that's a great point. I think uh, the fact that no matter what people think in society, I mean, they're still the same person as they were born. I think that's important that we don't criticize or use derogatory things towards them because in reality, yeah, they might have something lacking, but you never know. They might be, they might have something that you don't have. And that's important to know as well. And just to understand, understand it as for what it is versus uh, thinking uh, or just not understanding what's happening. If my, if, cause you get stares and you get kind of um, confusion. And so, uh, you know, having a month to have awareness brought to it mm-hmm. can help those uh, for people I don't know uh, awareness to what my family may be experiencing. And, and it's not, 
there's no need to stare, no reason to be concerned. It's just my daughter's different. And so uh, everything's good. Everything's good here. You don't have to uh, treat us different. Just understand what we're going through. No, for sure. I think it's important just to just keep that in perspective. I appreciate that, Josh. Our final question is, what is one thing you'd like to tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? And it can be a fun fact. Well, I, I doubt anybody knows anything about me listening to this. and that's <laughs> Unreasonable doubt. There you go. Um, but a uh, what you what anybody doesn't let's see something that they don't know about me is uh, back in my younger days, I I did something called clogging. Kevin, are you familiar with clogging? No, I've not. I'm not. (laughs) Well, Google it. Uh, It's it's kind of akin to um, uh, to tap dancing. It's it's kind of like mixed tab dance with Michael Flatley. Um, it's it's got an Appalachian kind of vibe to it. Oh yeah. Uh, so growing up, my babysitters were started a team, and I by proxy just kind of joined the team, and I started clogging. And so I was on a <laughs> competitive clogging team. Oh wow! <laughs> and we would travel and dance and get trophies and it was uh i did that for like six years and wore like tight wrangler jeans and shirts with like the like the frilly things on it and uh like i'm telling you man it was interesting and so i've got (laughs) one time i went to the kentucky beef festival to clog and it was done outdoors under tents oh, wow. and uh, the trophies were not trophies but they were like uh coffee mugs and plates that that had cows painted on them it's very exciting stuff um so yeah nobody knows that i i used to clog and i still break it out every once in a while um in case somebody doesn't believe me and i don't know why they would doubt me on that and uh but yeah that's something i used to do there you go get <laughs> You get a mug, bro. The best clogger. Yeah, man. Oh, I was man. I was like one of the top five male cloggers under fifteen in the state of West Virginia. I mean, what? that's and I I feel comfortable saying that. That's pretty. It's pretty great. Well, I guess your daughter's right. You are somebody <laughs> in clogging. Dude, I'm telling you, I got I got people know me. For, you know, hey, didn't I see you clog? At uh, that uh, that oh, summer good. festival, yeah, I was like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's the, the one, guy, yeah. that's a guy, that's me. You want an autograph? They're like, no, not really. Anyway, it's Josh uh, Witt. yeah, Jack Wet, you're a professional clogger. Next time you go to a clogging festival, that's the guy to hook up with. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. All right, all right, there you go. Josh. I wanted to say thank you, to Josh, for coming on the show. Appreciate the time, Josh. You want to just plug in your uh, social media so people can find you and connect with you. Absolutely. You can find me on Anchor uh, as Unreasonable Doubt, anchor.fm slash Unreasonable Doubt. I post up about the podcast on Instagram at Burning Springs. And there's a Facebook page. Type in Unreasonable Doubt and the podcast page will come up. There you go. Josh Wick, guys, he's in his off season. And with that, I just want to say thank you to the Anchor Nation for giving your undivided attention to myself and the interviewee as always. And Josh, you want to say your famous saying what the record was before we sign off? West Virginia? <laughs> Uh, yes, and for Kevin Touch, I'm Josh Witt. WVU finished the 2017-18 season 26-11. and 11. There you go. We'll see you in October. 
Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.